Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, men on. Van Nunley and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Friday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. The boys are here. I am Fred Slow. I will be alongside you until 6.30 this evening. Because it's 6.30 this evening. We're handing this broadcast over to the Lady Lobos. It's its big rivalry weekend down at the pit, and they are hosting the visiting New Mexico State Lady Aggies. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll catch up with Josh Shushan before that one. Alongside me, because Van's not here. <laughs> Robert Gibson. Robert, welcome to the program. Thank you, Fred. I'm here, man. Filling in for Van. Well, I mean, you're here every Well, Friday. I'm here. At, I, so, I mean, it just sounds better when I'm in his seat, though. I'm just like I'm filling in for him and everything else. You feel like you got an excuse to be here, right? You're feeling. <laughs> <laughs> not, as, not only is it the return of Robert Gibson, it's the return of the Comedy Gong Show, and that's happening December 22nd. It's a Wednesday night. Where's that bad boy at, Rebel? It's got to be at Rebel. There you go. Five judges, one gong. Who's judging this thing? Well, it doesn't matter after you and Van. Just say my name. That's just, all I wanted to hear. <laughs> Fred Slow, Van Nunley, two men on. That's one vote, though. One vote. Well, we only count as one. One yeah. vote, but that's all that matters. Also, a lot of talented individuals, including Carla Vasquez, who I'm a big fan of, Josh Fournier, who's done the program, more on and more of the like. He's actually the returning winner. He should be. Yes. Yeah, because he's, he's lost it a lot in life. So it's nice. It's nice you can catch a W here. Revel Entertainment Complex, 4720 Alexander Boulevard. Check that out Wednesday, December 22nd. Uh, tickets at the door, right? No reason to yeah. buy ahead? Yeah. yeah. No no reason. Yours truly will be hosting. Okay. It'll be nice. I might have a tux on that night. I'm going all the way out. So if you're going tux, Van and I are going to go dumb and dumber then. <laughs> Top hats and all? Ain't about to be like that. Ruffle shirts. Yeah. <laughs> You go as Black Santa, and we'll go as just like weird elves. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Tallest elf you ever dang see. <laughs> On the ones and twos today, Michael Vital. Michael, how are you? Not too shabby. Good. I know you got good energy in there because you're drinking that Coca-Cola out of a glass bottle. And let me tell you, thank you very much. That is great well, stuff, the Mexican Coca-Cola. So yes. He's, I'm, I'm hooked. They're so good. I'm hooked. <laughs> We have a fun-filled and sports-adjacent program today. Joining us at 4.15, writer for USA Today, covers Major League Baseball. Very good friend of mine and a very good friend of the show, Bob Nightingale, will be joining us. We're going to talk the MLB lockout and what that means for baseball fan. Because you know, Robert, I'm obsessed. Yes. Yeah, I'm obsessed with baseball. Right. It's, it's Lobo Aggie Weekend here in town, which I like. I love baseball. So we'll do that first and foremost, but don't think we're sleeping on you, Lobos fan. If you are in the car at 515, you will be able to catch Jamal Mashburn Jr. joining the program. We're going to talk what he's been able to do with the program and how he is excited to play the Aggies at home after literally going down to Las Cruces and shooting the lights out, Robert. Oh, man, they don't want to see him again. No, <laughs> they barely saw him the first time. I know. <laughs> so dark in there. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. 
So that's going to be a good program today. And then crosstalk this evening with Josh Shushan. We're going we're gonna to hand it over to the Lady Lobos. And then Mike Trujillo with True to the Game this evening. You watched that Thursday Night Football last night? I did not. All right. I got the recap for you. Dallas is pretty okay, but the Saints are pretty not good. That's yeah, the that, recap. You know what? That's what it really is. But the narrative is that Dallas is so great. They got they got one kid on defense, this corner, Diggs. Well, you heard of this cat? Yeah, but he's not the guy though. You know who the real defensive guy for them is? Nope. Micah Parsons. No, he ain't nothing. Oh man, he's the man. And, and you know, I'm not a Dallas fan. <sighs> he a linebacker is what he is. <laughs> well. My sister went overboard. She makes a post, tags me in it last night, and says that Diggs is the next or the new Deion Sanders. I almost threw my phone yeah, across the room. That doesn't make sense. If you threw your phone across the room, Diggs would have caught it. He would have caught it. Yeah, he would have caught it so he wouldn't have broke anything. Uh, no, he he tackled. That's his difference. I always talk about that with Deion. Anytime you compare anyone to Deion, I need to see a highlight reel of him running from tackles because Deion didn't tackle. Not only did Deion not tackle – he avoided tackling. Yeah, yeah. He's like, but he didn't need to. No, he don't. He don't. He don't wrap his arms. So he don't he, lift. So you have the Michael Parsons for that, Well, <laughs> I care so little about linebackers. Like to me, what's your beef? What's your beef? I mean, what are they for? Who running up the middle no more? No one. You sound like you just play NFL blitz, and that's how you want them to yeah, play. That's about right. <laughs> hey, to me, linebackers they better be converted safeties because you like it's. Oh, okay, it's, I got you. It's five wide is all it is. Yeah, the it, game is just full of speed now. Yeah, got you. But Fred, they, uh, the winningest teams line up with the tight end. That tight end is a wide receiver. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he better be now. Like you said, has to be. Yeah, maybe I get what you're saying. Let me tell you about my friend Antonio Gates. When he showed up, he said, "We're no longer going to do it the way you traditionally did it." We're right. going to do it this way now. Right. And then everyone. I might hear the Tony Gonzalez argument, but I tell you it's Antonio Gates. Yeah. You know I'm a Chargers fan. I know that to the T. The last time I was a Chargers fan is when Antonio Gates was there. It's okay. been a minute. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a minute. But, well, when he was good or he was there? Because he was there just hanging on for a little bit. <laughs> well. He was just like, I'm going to stay long enough to break some records. Yeah. Let me keep selling jerseys. <laughs> yeah. They were they like, listen, we're going from Reebok to Nike. We'd love to be able to just put Gates on the back. Of the yeah. He's like, cool, yeah, I'll take it. I'll, I'll do it. I got you. Okay. Yeah, it was Michael, you watched the game last night, obviously. It's tough for me because I, on this program, told everyone that was uh, listening at the time that Taysom Hill is the second coming of Steve Young. No, and, you didn't. I swear. You did that? Yeah. Oh, my. Yes, he on. did. Mike, you let him do this? I let him do whatever he <laughs> wants to do, and then I can jump on him afterwards about how bad it sounded. I mean, it was very bad. I did a very bad job of predicting what was going to happen. Taysom four interception hill. I thought something fair, was wrong with my table. Fair, to be fair, he didn't have Kamara and Michael Thomas and a lot of weapons. I thought something was wrong with my cable last night because I was watching the highlights. Yes. And I was like, why is the same highlight of him throwing an interception? All but time. they were different plays. Yes. <laughs> Three drives in a row he threw one in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Oh, you can't do that. Steve it, Young would never. No, he, well, here's the thing: Steve Young playing in the USFL didn't. He won't play against no one. He's playing against JVers. That's true. He, he got there just running around. That's true. Taysom Hill was throwing interceptions that the referees were calling back. They were like, "No, we'll give you another try." <laughs> he still threw one. Hey, Dallas looked the part though, and the I thought the lack of the coaching staff was going to be the big thing. It was the story all week, and I thought Mike McCarthy being out was was going to be a big issue. And and I think Dan Quinn sucks. You think that you thought that was going to be a negative for I, Dallas? I, I absolutely did. I didn't. 
I thought I thought they would win in spite of him because they've been winning in spite of his decisions. I'm a guy who who has a belief that Mike McCarthy is the type of coach who's like, hey, put the media on me, put the weirdness on me, like let them that all think sense. it's like like I will. I'm I am Captain America's shield, and you guys are the new Captain America. That's not quite as cool. He was sitting in a hotel with five other Cowboy assistant coaches watching the game, and I thought Dan Quinn did a great job. His playmakers on defense, Parsons and uh, Diggs, made the big what? plays. What do you mean hotel? Like a COVID swingers party? I, I, I was going to say the same yeah. thing. They had, the, they had uh, the uh, Dallas Morning News reporting that they were sitting at a hotel and they had to watch the game from there. They are at the COVID inn. Is that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, big play. That's a good win for Dallas. Well, it was a win they were supposed to have. And, and well, in the NFL, cheese is a form, right? They're like, hey, you, you play on Thanksgiving. We'll give you the Thursday game. You still get full rest. By the way, got to hang out with your family. By the way, I guess Amari Cooper's back now, which is cool. C.D. Lamb, when he gets the brightest lights, when he's playing in primetime, he turn out. I can't wait to see him in the playoffs. He turns out. Now they got nine days off again before they play Washington. Oh, you know what that means? That's eight good days on the phone lines here on the program. 505-246-0610. Quan's Auto Care Hotline. Connect with your boys. Text your boys. We'll text you. Fred Sloan, Robert Gibson here with you all day long. The thing that gets me about Thursday Night Football, because you guys know I hate it. Right. I'm not interrupting the week. I get Thursday. Thursdays are for family. Well, the game isn't usually that good. No, it's not. But normally, like we were saying, it's you just played three days ago, and like yeah. like you're not coming down off your whatever treatments, and and you're not figured out. But this was seven days for each team. This should have been the one that was good, and that it was pretty good. It's, it's the pretty Saints. Good. Uh, Saints are not good. They they ain't good. They're not good at all. Sean Payton is not that good. It turned. It was all Drew Brees. Ooh, you gonna do that? Well, I mean, Ouch. you got the what I will argue to be the most dynamic, most athletic, most handsome, most approachable, most appealing, most talented, most capable, smartest, God-fearing Taysom Hill. And you can't even win with that? He won with Jameis, all right? Yep. That, told, that showed me a lot. When Jameis went out, that's when the Saints got bad. Yeah, but they went on that five-game losing streak. Exactly. Here's why you two are wrong. Because Sean Payton said, Jameis, go get LASIK. And then Jameis sucked. That's the problem. Like, Jameis blind was a better quarterback than Sean Payton with LASIK. Look, Jameis with no eyeballs is a better quarterback <laughs> than Taysom oh, Hill, man. <laughs> why, are you, why are you trying to break my heart? Hill is not good. Like, no. He's a situational quarterback. Hey, Robert's the guy who out of the back of his trunk tro- sells you a Trevor Simeon jersey <laughs> in the parking lot of the old Kmart, but he tell you it's authentic? Wait, wait. I didn't say he, was, he wasn't better than Trevor <laughs> Simeon. Hold on. Don't go that far. Trevor Simeon is the worst quarterback on that roster. Yes. If everyone's hurt and he's 100% healthy, he's still the worst quarterback. Here's, so you got to have Jameis Winston so you can put Taysom Hill running back because Alvin Kamara was out. Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, because – or put him anywhere, yeah. tight end, receiver, punt coverage, because he do play it. Safety. <laughs> well, I mean, linebacker is nothing. Not well, yeah, he wouldn't get hurt. Like, I like your uh, theory on this. You put six defensive backs out there, is what I'm saying, and only four of them have to be able to tackle, and the two on the outside they just play the ball. Hey, my team did that in a playoff game versus the Ravens and won. They should have. Mar Jackson. They, we had no linebackers. So for why? In Baltimore, I'll never forget that. That was our Super Bowl. You're the best linebacker you ever had in San Diego, like, I catfished for a long time on the internet, and I'm only now announcing it. Okay. To people, so, so, I mean, that's how bad it was down there, man, Titeo. 
we got to grab a break so we have enough time to get these commercials out of the way for our friend Bob Nightingale of USA Today, who will be joining us to talk the Major League Baseball lockout. Dave and Buster's presents Two Men On, the Major League Baseball lockout. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program. A little behind the scenes, but on the air, Michael. Um, Bob Nightingale says to call him right now. He's all set. So I got Will that do. via text, so I apologize. To the listener, it'll take one extra minute. That's the thing with technology. Like, you think you're set, you're not set. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know how satellites, how do they work? I don't want to know. No. I do not want to know. Just as long as they work. Hey, forget Bob Nightingale. We need a scientist on. We. I need someone to explain to me how, how cell phone technology works. No, I'd rather go to sleep. <laughs> on the Quan, <laughs> joining us on the Quan's Auto Care Hotline, friend of the show, Bob Bob Nightingale of USA Today. Bob, how are you? Yeah, doing well. How about you guys? Doing well, friend. Thank you for taking the time today. Uh, Van is out today alongside me, my very good friend Robert Gibson. So, introduction to you two both. Okay, explain it like I'm five, Bob. Why did baseball tell my favorite players that they can't play anymore, and who is selfish and the bad guy? Well, they came up with a lockout because they didn't want to strike. They remember in 94 and 95, and they didn't want to strike. It's like, okay, that canceled the World Series and everything else. Let's, uh, let's force these uh, sides to get to the bargaining table. Um, I, th- I think we'll see an agreement before February 1st, March 1st, and the latest. They don't, they don't, they don't even want to see a spring training game canceled. So I think we'll be, I really think we'll be fine. What makes it different? What makes it stand out from from some lockouts of the past? Well, I think it's just because of the history, and both sides know that you know what uh, it's been a complete disaster. We don't want to have any uh, uh, players lose money. We don't want to have owners lose money, anything like that. So I, I just think the history of the lockout and work stoppages, and everything else that. You know, neither both sides don't uh, complete disaster if there's one spring training game uh, miss, let alone a regular season game miss. Yeah, Bob, I'm glad that you're explaining this because I was telling Fred on the break, I have no clue about this. All I know is I don't want any games to be missed or anything like that. But I do remember the last one. You know, they had the Supreme Court involved. Do you think the reason why that this one won't be uh, that much work stoppage is because of the games that were missed due to COVID. Do you think that plays a part into it? Well, I just think that, yeah. I mean, in the sense that the players lost two-thirds of their salary and during the COVID, uh, the owners say they lost $2.4 billion. It's like neither side can afford losing uh, money. So I think that's, that's, that's the major reason is that, okay, we, we both lost a ton of money here. We can't lose any more money. Uh, spring training is starting in mid-February. Spring training is huge in baseball. You know, let's get them before spring training. So I think there's two ways to ask this following question. There's the complex answer, and then there's the simple answer. I'm going to ask for the simple one first. For for the average fan of baseball, after the lockout ends, um, what will be the differences they will see on the field? What will What will the negotiations come to to where the average fan is noticing what changes in the game? 
I don't think Japan will see any difference at all because it's just going to be monetary. You know, the younger players get more money. Uh, you know, if someone goes up over the, uh, you know, the uh, compensation for the, uh, you know, traffic compensation, they're going to have to pay a penalty. So I don't think the average fan will see any difference whatsoever. Will my St. Louis Cardinals be using a designated hitter? <laughs> I think we'll see that. I, you know, they've, they've discussed that. They're not discussing much unruled uh, negotiations at all. So I, but I do think we'll see universal DH for sure. We're not going to see a pitch clock or that for right now, but we'll see universal DH. But yeah, I agree. I, we're going to see uh, Cardinals and everybody else using DH. What does the lockout mean for the remaining free agents? I don't think that much. I mean, we saw what the uh, the free agents got one point seven million dollars, uh, a lot of money. They're trying to get more money for the uh, you know the the middle class. I think that what this thing is about is like okay, let's get more money for the uh, younger guys, the guys who are eligible for arbitration, and so instead of you know five hundred seventy thousand dollars minimum, you get seven hundred eight hundred you know thousand dollars that sort of thing. Uh, the middle class get more money for uh, salary arbitration. But yeah, otherwise I don't see the I don't see a big difference. So the reportables on it for the next month will be they're in negotiations and they're going back and forth. Would it have been any different of a process if it had been a strike as opposed to a lockout? Well, MLB was uh, fearful of a strike. They remember what happened in '94. They right. struck August 12th, you know, ending the uh, you know, the the playoff race and the uh, in the postseason. So they want to make sure that wasn't going to happen. So they decided to do it themselves ahead of time. So, I mean, you're talking about four months before the start of regular season. Uh, you know, no spring training, spring training starts, at, uh, what, February 15th. The games are late February. So I don't see that affecting anything. Uh, fans love spring training. The owners know that. The players know that. So, I think the big thing is February February 1st is the big deadline. Bob Nightingale joining us at B Nightingale on the Twitter. If you don't follow Bob, uh, well, you're missing out on baseball dates. He's he's at or near the best. And, and I think maybe, Bob, you were the first person I ever followed on Twitter. So that's like a shout-out to you. Congratulations. What a, what a fun moment. Um, so the Major League Baseball lockout, which is currently commencing, as it advances – um, will there be slow leaks of progress, or will one day there just be an announcement where the lockout is over and it's business as usual? I think one day we'll see uh, a lot of progress. I'm not sure, sure saying they, uh, the deal is done, but I don't see anything, you know, that say, okay, we're, we're getting close, we're getting close. I think if there's any announcement at all, it'll be like within the last 48 or 72 hours. So looking at the history of, of lockouts and strikes when it comes to Major League Baseball, after this is taken care of, will this be something that we need to look for on the horizon anytime soon again? Or is, will this be something where we have decades of comfortability of baseball being played? Well, I'm not sure about decades. I think we'll see five years of this. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the players went through this a year ago when it, it, the two sides were trying to decide whether they should have a, uh, you know, baseball or not during the pandemic. So I think we'll see five sides. 
but no, you know, no more than that for sure. Does it affect the winter meetings? Yeah, winter meetings are done. I mean, okay. uh, winter meetings start on Monday. The uh, yeah, the minor league part of it will still go on, obviously, but not the major league part. So yeah, the major league portion of the winter meetings are are over. So then, what is the best? Or I guess not best. So then, whenever like Rob Manfred is communicating with owners, it's 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 what? It's a daily Zoom call. It's an update. They they keep them online, or or does everyone have like a realistic line of expectation on how this thing's going to play out? Well, we'll have to see whether the uh, two sides agree to even a, a scheduling negotiation. Right now, they don't have that. At some point, they will. I mean, the owners will get together on Zoom call. The players will get together on a Zoom call. But right now, neither has happened. So uh, the, the earliest they're going to start talking together would be Monday. That's the very earliest. They're all, all in New York. I would think that they start talking again by, by the end of next, next uh, week. Bob, you've been a fan of the game forever and professionally a part of the game for almost as long. Is there anything you saw that was really egregious from, say, like the player's viewpoint? Is there anything you saw that jumped out that was, yeah, this would have been worth a strike if we weren't locked out? You know, not really. I mean, the, the uh, players would like to go six years or five years uh, for free agency. That's not going to happen. They'll have to go three years or two years uh, uh, arbitration. That's not going to happen. But, you know, if we get a, you know minimum salaries increase, yes. Uh, can they uh, get some kind of middle ground between $214 million and $245 million for, uh, you know, luxury tax? They can do that. So there's there's something they can agree upon. I think once they sit down and agree on the other issues, I don't think it would take that long. I really don't. So, Bob, I have another um, question. I'm I'm all about the money. I want to know if someone has a signing bonus that is set to be paid during this lockout, are they able to be paid that, or is that something that's held off? They'll still get it, yeah. So even if you have a a schedule where you're going to pay it, from January through December, you're going to get that money. But, yeah, same as, same, same as you said for a signing bonus, they get that money. So it's just, you know, new more more new money, that sort of thing. So, yeah, they're not going to uh, penalize you for existing contract. Bob Nightingale joining us. We were talking the MLB lockout. We were talking perspectives from the owners and the players. The numbers to me, Bob, are so large that I can't even rationalize them. Like, if you were to talk to me, I don't know the difference between a billion or two billion or a million. I just can't focus on it. Whenever you start talking about these numbers, who are the guys that have, like, the most pull? Is it the owners or is it the player association proper? Or is there a legal team that I don't even know about that's marionetting the whole thing? Well, it's probably the owners that have all the power. And then the, uh, you know, the top union people. I mean, a lot of the top union guys have already had their money. Whether it's a Max Scherzer or a Garrett Cole, I mean, they've already been paid. But you know, more talking about the union leaders, whether it's a uh, Terry Clark or Bruce Meyer, uh, in the you know, in the owners people. So I don't think there's a uh, a big thing. I mean, even with the uh, Scherzer, and those guys, they say, you know what, we got we got our money, but the young guys didn't get theirs, so we're here for the young guys. So speaking of the young guys. Uh... Are they able to go into other leagues and play if they want to stay in shape, things like that? 
Well, they go to Japan, but you got to sign a contract and play in Japan. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're going to play there for three months and then come back to uh, you know the state in April. So that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're hurt, you can't get work out. If you're just you know regular player, you go, can't go work out. You got to go to an independent gym and not go to a uh, you know a gym of the, of the uh, team choice. Bob Nightingale, thank you so very much for taking the time today. I have one last question before you let you go. For the young guy, because there's no one in Major League Baseball that's experienced a lockout or a strike. It's been 26 years. Who who are like those those key components of leaderships from the players' perspective that are kind of helping like guide everyone through it right now? Yeah, more the older guys. You're, you're absolutely right. The only thing they've gone through was last year when they tried to decide when to play games in the pandemic. But we, you know, you're talking about a Max Scherzer, uh, a Garrett Cole. Uh, there, there's eight guys on, the, on that board uh, who are there. Uh, uh, Marcus Simeon, you know that that sort of that sort of thing. So we've always got guys who've had at least ten years are on the ultimate board. Decide, okay, let, let's make a uh, let's make a move here and uh, and move the decision. So uh, five five of eight are represented by Scott Boris. You know, which irritates you know which irritates management. Well, that makes perfect sense to me. That's, I mean, that's, it's hard to have a baseball conversation that doesn't involve Scott Boris, it seems, at points. Bob, we're up against the break. Thank you so very much for being a friend of the program, and thank you for bringing your knowledge and expertise. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. What a good dude. What a very good dude. Wow, he knows it all. It's unreal. Just off the top of yeah. the head. Just... He's, run, he's running around the grocery. He's, yeah. like, he's like, I'll grab that. I'll grab this. Yeah, Fred, what you need to consider is the $3.5 billion <laughs> yeah. that was lost to overseas baseball during the pandemic and the reach of DirecTV. I'm going to need shredded or Mexican mitts for these tacos. It don't matter. I'll just right. get mozzarella. Man. This guy. When we get back, NFL picks for the rest of the hour. It's two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back live on the program. It was a good interview with Bob Nightingale. Yes. Walking's MLB encyclopedia. Knowing it all. I told you. I was like, man, I don't know much about this. And you were like, ask anything, he'll have the answer. (laughs) And you were correct. It's an interesting insight, too, to be like, oh, you can't strike. We're locking you out. Yeah. Like, what? Grow up. Sorry your stocks aren't doing well because GameStop's not really worth a billion dollars. And I said billion because in my head that's a big number, but it's not anymore. Billion dollars is not what it used to be. Hey, hey, I want to let me get a billion to find out it's not a lot first, all right? You hand it to me and then I'll tell you. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) After I spend it all. There's a lot of friends of the show right now that are leaving work. Like, all the, like, you get off work at 4 30. That's a regular time to get off work. Just got in your car. You're driving to where you're going. Right. And I assure you, friends of the show, like you, like whatever job you left, you're doing a little bit better than talk show radio host. I can assure you that. More than a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but Fred, you get into all the concerts for free. Oh, yeah. Yep, I yeah. do. There we go. You're right. There we go. Primetime seats. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But Fred, you got a picture with Dirk's Bentley. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Didn't save it in my camera roll anywhere. I don't know where it's at. And how much is that picture worth? Yeah. <laughs> We got Jamal Mashburn Jr. on the show today. I could have him sign all my Jamal Mashburn rookie cards. I'd be like, that would be worth more. Name, image, likeness.
By the way, that's my new jam, name, image, likeness. Yeah. That's all I'm doing now. I'm going to start recruiting businesses for student athletes. See WWE's doing it? No, they are? Yeah, so smart. So WWE that is smart. I don't have the article in front of me. I know we're going to talk football, but bear with me. So WWE, they just signed Gable Stevenson. You're like, who's Gable Stevenson? I know who he is. All right. So he won this gold medal at the Olympics. Right. And WWE was like, well, let me tell you about my friend Kurt Angle. I did see this story. Okay. Yes, yes. So WWE signs Gable Stevenson, and they're like, hey, we got you. So WWE and Gable Stevenson, by the way, performing on Monday Night Raw. Like, he, like he there. Yep. So WWE is like, hey, collegiate athletes, you know, we're in the name image like in this game. So if you a wrestler, if you a, like, a hot shot football player, big personality, um, I'm just going to say it, Samoan, mm-hmm. if you are – uh, a gymnast, if you are a competitive cheerleader, if you are all these things, WWE's like, yeah, we'll put our name on you. And you just give us a thought whenever you get out of college. That's awesome. So It's the best feeder idea that's I've ever seen. Awesome. He's the first one they've done that with, right? The Gable Stevenson? Yeah, right. that's correct. So they did that back in August. And he'll be at the, he'll be at the top of uh, WrestleMania. I'm not even joking. He will oh, yeah. be. He looked yeah. the part. Yeah. For those who don't know, I'm a huge WWE fan. Same. Um, as well as you are, so we could probably just talk that <laughs> anytime, all the I'd, time. I'd do it forever. And Gable Stevenson, he did, he looks like a bricked house. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes. If G- if Gable Stevenson came up to me and was like, "Hey, I'd really like to buy you a drink, friend," I would be like, "Yes, sir." And if he was like, "Hey, I'd really like you to buy me a drink, friend," I would say, "Yes, sir." Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir, Mister Stevenson. No changes. <laughs> A lot of football this upcoming weekend, and we'll talk about it right now. Your Arizona Cardinals are traveling to Vital Chicago Bears. I am not a Cardinals fan. I'm just going to put it out there like you are. Not a Everybody. Bears fan either. <laughs> it just tore all that up. You see how I didn't care about Mike's part? It was just about me. I just saw the look I saw on Robert's face and my face like, what? <laughs> that is Cardinals all the way. Are we doing straight up or are we going against the spread? Let's go straight up. We don't straight up? All okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the Cardinals. Um, and it's obviously they're a better team. It's tough to play on the road at, and Soldier Field in December. Does that matter? It doesn't matter because of the Chicago Bears quarterback, yeah. whoever that would be. Whoever it is. Right. And I love Justin Fields, but he's not ready. And Red Rocket is a terrible nickname. It's stupid. Yeah, actually. Red Rifle. To, Red Uh-oh. Rifle. That's even worse. Yeah, it's dumb, too. Yeah, Rocket's more powerful. He should have turned it into Red Rocket. No, I, he, I he hate that too. He can't throw, so that's the matter. Red Rocket, that's like something like a... Wasn't like that a, someone? I don't know. That's what teenagers put in their Instagram profiles to look cool. I'm like, what? What is that? Red Rocket, like lipstick? What is that stupid? We're showing our age, man. Colts at Texans. <laughs> oh, gosh. This, Why are they even playing this game? You talking about the bottom feeder bowl? So the bottom feeder bowl is going on this weekend. The Colts are actually good. Uh, well, Jonathan Taylor is actually good, and then I would when stop you. When they give you. him the ball. Yeah. When they give him the ball. You're right. Carson Wentz is not good. Not at all. And a lot of people, Vital included, was like, it's going to be the second coming. He just needs another opportunity. I didn't think he was opportunity. the second coming. It's just that he, his problem is he gets stubborn, and you could see it in the way he would force throws downfield and how they lost. He had a couple interceptions. Here's how. Very I, true. Here's how I know he's stubborn, though, Robert. He keeps telling everyone both his ankles work. And I know that's a lie because I watch him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He should just audible to handoffs. That's it. To Jonathan Taylor. Just give him the yeah. ball. They would have beat Tampa Bay last week had they done that. 
Yeah, the defense kind of let them down, which hasn't hadn't been the case. Your actual team, the Los Angeles Superchargers, will go to Cincinnati. Ooh. It's a big game for the Chargers. Ooh. This is a future AFC championship game, calling it. Give it two or three years. There are going to be 55 points in this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are going to be a lot of points in this game. I'm taking my team by less than a field goal. Ooh, I'm taking the Bengals at home, mm. and I'm going to take them by a score, a full score. So is that three or is that seven? I don't know, but I'm going to say it's seven. I like that. So if you gave me the Bengals low 30, you gave me the Chargers high 20s, I'd be like, that makes sense. Yep. I tell her, are you picking them or have I just been skipping you? No, you've been skipping, but that's right, okay. No. I'll go Chargers. Thank you. Actually, no, I'm going to go Bengals. Oh, you should have skipped them, man. Because yeah. they've been playing really well at home. And, I mean, yeah. they beat up a good Pittsburgh team. Not a good Pittsburgh team, but they did. All right, we got to backtrack for Vital. You got the Texans or the Colts? I got the Colts and then what? the, in the Texas? Cardinals. Yes, I do. You never know, but, I, yeah, the Colts and Texas. Yeah, I know you're wrong. <laughs> well, it hasn't played yet. We'll see. We'll see on Monday, okay? All right, and for, then I'll, I'll have an extra Mexican Coca Cola for you. Everyone knows that I miss every pick that I make, and you never pick the Bears. So you got the Cardinals on the road. Okay, yeah, you do hate the Bears. No, I'm a Packer fan. He's a Packer fan. He and half my family are Bear fans. You, you, you. It's house divided. That's gross, especially at the holidays. How about if your if your wife or girlfriend is a uh, Cubs fan when that and that's what I have to face every Ooh. fall. I would never put myself in that situation. Ooh. Uh, yeah, you would love love changes. You know what, babe? It's been real. Yeah. <laughs> now here's the door. <laughs> I got your bus ticket for you. <laughs> bus ticket? What year is it, Vital? Bus ticket's the fastest way out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I'm six and a half foot tall, right? I'm like a big guy. I'm like two hundred and sixty five pounds. I'm like a big dude. I ain't comfortable on the bus. Like, I don't just mean, like, seat-wise. I mean, like, it's, like the bus is weird. Oh, man. I did it one time in my whole life. Just to feel how weird it was? No. I didn't know how weird it was. I was so young. I took a bus from L.A. to Chicago. Yes. And it took about a week yes. to get out of California. <laughs> That's how long it was. You got all the stops. Oh, my goodness. You meet some of the craziest people on the bus. There's special lanes in California for buses on the far right because they go so slow. Yes. Yeah. Is Greyhound still a company? I'm being serious. Oh, wow. I was going to yeah, ask that around. same question. Amtrak still has tra- has buses for whenever their trains break down all the time, and then they come and bus you off. I didn't know that. That's real. So there's no other train that will come get you. You have to get on the bus. Because you're probably trying to avoid a bus by getting on the train. Well, here's the thing. If the train's broke down the tracks, how's another train going to go past you? Like, you broke down. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's not like... <laughs> it's going the exact yeah. other other way. No blinker. It's going to go right back home. <laughs> Vikings at Lions. This one, to me, I pick the Vikings every single week, and they lose every single week. Because they don't play the Lions. Now they're playing the Lions. Pick them. <laughs> I like Detroit. What? No. Because the Vikings are so inconsistent from week to week. Well, they are missing Cooks. Cooks will be out there. A big piece of the offense. But Swift is out, and Jamal Williams ain't nothing. Very true. DeAndre Swift, to me, is an enigma. Because he's always a question. Yeah. If he's in, 
He's going to produce and he's going to do something. If he out, you know they're going to do nothing. But whatever the over is on Jamal Williams and pass receptions, take that. Like if you're doing a prop bet, because dump pass, dump pass, dump pass, dump pass. I'm Jared Goff. I don't know what to do. I'm picking the Vikings just because of Cooks being out. They're going to be throwing the ball. They have great receivers. We'll get back from the break. Eagles at Jets. Vital, did you pick one in the Vikings game? Yeah, Detroit. They're going to bite their kneecaps off. I mean, that's, that's Remember like, their coach said that? Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, it's a super creepy <laughs> callback. Dave Busters presents Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico, 95.9 FM, AM 610, Deep Sports Animal. Your life, your hopes. We are blazing through NFL picks. I don't know why I put, like, a fake deadline on when we got to do stuff. We have the whole show. Right. Why am I like this? I'm like this in my regular life, too. I'm like going to the grocery store. I'm going to get up and down these aisles. I'm going to be out at this time. I'm like, what? Then you forget half your list. No, I didn't forget it. It didn't make the cut. I take my time in the grocery store. Do you? Oh, but yeah. now with the pandemic, uh... yeah. But you like you're in a home situation where like you and your lady cook. Well, right? I don't cook. She cooks. Yeah. You guys get the <laughs> benefits of that. I I couldn't cook anything. You bring in a lot of baked goods here. My lady will cook like my gal. But she's like, she's like, I'll oh, cook, but you got to go to the grocery store. You got to get all the ingredients. Oh, yeah. You got to do the dishes. You got to. I'm, like, oh, I'm yeah. like, what? Is, I'm like, what are you're cooking? Like, I'll, I'll starve. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Thanks, babe. I'm, she's like, she's like, do you want some snacks for a football? I'm like, from like Wingstop? Yes. I will. <laughs> you know, they door dash. So, you know, I do nothing. This Sunday, you can catch me and Van, and I don't know what you're doing, Robert. You're invited if you'd like to come. We're live from Bourbon and Boots. We're hosting the Raiders Watch Party. We'll be there uh, 1 o'clock, I think, because they have the late game. So we'll be there. You know what? I'm going to come. Yeah, we'll be there. I'm, I'm watching, I'll watch the early game. Yeah, we'll be there till at least 3 o'clock, the start of the game. And then you know us. We'll hang out the whole time. So, Eagles at Jets. Ugh, again. Ugh. Well, there's an outlier on this one, though. Is there? Yeah. Is, isn't it uh, Minshew, isn't he going to play? If he plays. Because Hurts, Hurts is hurt. They're saying that he might be ready to play. Hurts may be ready to play. <sighs> he, said, he, he said he was playing. Oh, yeah, but no, they, they, gotta, haven't, they haven't cleared him yet. They got to do something. The way he played <laughs> made Taysom Hill look like a Hall of Famer. I was wearing my Gardner Minshew jersey the other day playing football with the mayor and all these people are like hey Gardner Minshew's what's up I'm like I know that's why I'm wearing this out that's why I'm making a public appearance in it he's the man he's the man and I got it for eight dollars on on fan whatever because he got traded he definitely should be a starter somewhere yeah you got it on the discount rack huh yep I got yes they could get him on the disc. They can get the actual player on the discount rack. <laughs> Do it. Make make it happen. Somebody. He's good. I think the next one, Buccaneers at Falcons, is a is a sure win for the Buccaneers. But then I always think, oh, it's a it's a division game. Yeah, and it's in Atlanta, huh? And it's in Atlanta. But Atlanta, they don't win at home. <laughs> like they just don't win. I'm surprised to see that their record is five and six. For some reason, I feel like they've won one or two games. Right. 
Like Matt Ryan's still chasing his first touchdown pass of the season, but yeah. he's not. And if you remember, Matt Ryan played a football game one time against Tom Brady in a Super Bowl where Matt Ryan had the thing all but locked up. Oh. And Tom Brady said, hold my beer. Oh. Asked, if you ask Matt Ryan if he has nightmares about that, Matt Ryan's like, yes, every day. If you ask Tom Brady if he even thinks about it, Tom Brady's like, who? Which Super Bowl was that? Yeah. I don't I don't recall. What color jersey was it? Which city? That'll help me, guys. You guys, narrow it down to the city. I can't wait for this 30 for 30. That one's going to be nice. Are you talking about- they need a documentary on that Super Bowl. Kurt Warner put out a documentary on himself winning a Super Bowl, yeah. and I think it stops whenever he meets Tom Brady. And he's like... <laughs> the credits start rolling. It was just getting good. Yeah. <laughs> Just when I knew I was part of Drake's hashtag God's plan, I met one Tom Brady. Oh, man. And he took it all away from me. How many quarterbacks all of say them. that? Every single one of them. Hey, because we're in that place, right? Like, like, hey, we talk about how much Pittsburgh stink because they stink. Ben Roethlisberger, got, he got ship. Aaron Rodgers got a ship. Yep. Like, there are guys out there who got ships. That could have had multiple. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, ship. And it and the line draws straight to Tom Brady. <laughs> yep. Don't even oh. matter. A lot more football picks. We will do that. Obviously, we're going to talk NBA. Jamal Mashburn Jr. will join us at 515. We're very excited about that. We're going to talk Lobos, New Mexico State. Good first hour, boys. Oh, yeah. When we get back, Dan Busters presents ABQs, or excuse me, every single day. Two men on. More NFL picks on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Five o'clock hour. It's quitting time. Welcome to the program. Thank you so very much for giving us the opportunity to be a part of your commute home. If you're following us on the social media or the digital media, everything is at TalkABQ for the program. You can find the show wherever you get your podcast. Just search Two Men On. I would recommend recommend Spotify. It's a good one. Yes, I love Spotify. Apple iTunes is a good one. Mm -hmm. Robert, your social media is available to the public. Where are you found at? Yes, Buck underscore dangerous. Anywhere else besides Facebook, on Facebook is Robert Buck D. Gibson, and that's with a P. There you go. G-I-P. G-I-P. S-O-N. I've missed out on a lot of opportunities with that B, because everyone wants to spell it with a B, like the street here in Albuquerque. It's pronounced the same, right? No. Okay. Gibson. I feel like it's similar. Got to put some lips on it, man. It's weird that you recommend that as a solution for so many things. We got through all the daytime games this upcoming weekend, except for the Giants at the Dolphins. So the Giants visit the Dolphins. Both of these teams um, are gross. Both of these teams don't produce. Both of these teams have a lack of talent. But for they both have huge fan bases. So if you're watching this one and you're tuned in, you're going to see the Giants win by one point exactly. No. You don't think? Daniel Jones is out. Who? Exactly. Is that Mike Glennon? Is that who they're going with? I'm being serious. I think it's Mike Glennon, right? Isn't Mike Glennon the one with the long neck? He's got a long neck. <laughs> I know that has nothing to do with, with it, but yeah, his neck is long. It's Mike Land before time Glennon is... Brontosaurus neck. <laughs> I'm going to pull him up. I got to... Is that the, yes, that's him. That's sad. That's how I know this guy. Not because of how he plays, 
what team he plays for, what position. I just hear Glennon, and I think of a neck. How about how the Dolphins, were? <laughs> they were done running gadget and weird stuff all the time for Tua, and they just let him drop back and be a regular quarterback, and now he looks like he might be something. He's good. What? Just let him play. And the like, friend of the show right now is like, Fred, what are you talking about? The Dolphins are terrible. I'm telling you, you're not watching the Dolphins. Because when the Dolphins are doing like weird options and RPOs and, and movement Pete, before the snap. Yeah. Like all that, you give him a chance to get under center and drop back five pass, five steps and make a pass or put him in the shotgun and give him a little protection. Two, it might be the truth. When they let him play like they allow Brissett to play, basically. Well, that's a good take. That's a good take. They changed everything up when they changed yeah. quarterbacks. They were like, do you remember when we had Ronnie Brown and we ran the Wildcat one time against <laughs> the Patriots? Come on, guys. Remember? Remember? They're walking around the office like, you remember? And they're, they're like, sir, I haven't, sir, I'm an intern. I got the Giants by one point. You got the Dolphins at home? Oh, yeah. Big. Yeah, Dolphins defense has been good lately. Miami. Right. Give me them G-men. They in the playoff hunt. Sunday afternoon, Ravens at Steelers. Right wow, the- this would have been a great game a couple years ago. I don't care if it is a division game. Pittsburgh's desperate, and they can't lose another at home if they want to get to the playoffs. I, I, I'd have to go Steelers. Ooh, good one. Hard to me to not, in this division, take the home team. Oh, man. Ravens by four and a half. So, yeah, I'll take the Ravens by four. Lamar Jackson can throw four more interceptions and still win this game as well. They're better. True. They're better at every position. But when you throw that many interceptions, they stick to their run game. They'll be fine. Yep. My Jacksonville Jaguars. 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 Okay. They're traveling to Los Angeles to beat up on the Matthew Stafford-led Rams. It won't even be a competition if you ask your boy. <laughs> Got the Jaguars 35, Rams like 13. 52 to negative 2. <laughs> <laughs> Rams. Minus 2. The line is 13. That's, I'll go with wow. the Rams. Yeah, they're, they're pretty upset. They've lost a couple of games in a row, right? Yeah, they've lost three in a row. Oh, man. They don't look the same anymore. Even Aaron Donald, he was talking about how he's really struggled the last couple of games. Right. I think you put Cooper Cup in the slot and let him do the things he does, and then you you look Odell Beckham Jr. in the eye and you say, listen, friend, I just need you to run very straight and very fast. That's it. That's it. And if you try to do anything else, that's too cutesy. Post or fly patterns, that's you, it. You, you see what he can do in that Green Bay game. I mean, he just threw it to him downfield, 54-yard touchdown, boom, with his speed. He's not slow. No. His, even, hip, his hips open up. Even, <laughs> even with all of the injuries that he's had, he still can get out there. So we're all in agreement that Jacksonville's going to win big. Uh, that's what we're thinking, everyone? No, 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 On no, the road? No. That's what we got? Got the Rams. You like how he tried to slide that in, right, Mike? He was yeah, just, right. He, he talked real fast for us for, for a second there. So Trevor Lawrence is going to do that thing this weekend. Where... I, I forgot he was in the, even in the league still. That's sad. He replaced the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL, Gardner Minshew. Yeah. So. <laughs> I feel like it's a pretty substantial thing. Also, to be fair, to be fair, Trevor Lawrence, 22. That's a yeah. baby. Yeah. He's going to be good. 
That's a child. It's hard for me to look at him in the light that you're saying when you have young quarterbacks killing it. But I understand it's because he's on Jacksonville. Me and you go out to Revel tonight, okay? We're out of Revel tonight. No, I forget. We had, we, didn't, we had bourbon boots on Sunday. Okay. It's a real scenario. Okay. And some kids come up to us. Okay. And they're like, hey, we're, fr- we're, we're friends of the show. We love the show. You guys are so funny. And we're like, we, you guys like 22? And they're like, yeah. And we're like, because you are children. Like, you, like we can, I, I do not want to be your friend, child. Right. right. Like, would you like to laugh and watch the football game? I'm in. But if you're like... If you're like, hey, I got this idea, Fred. I'm I'm putting together like uh, anything, and I'm gonna lead it. I'm gonna be like, no, 22 year olds are leaders. Mm-hmm. Like you ain't, you can't quarterback oh, whatever this is. I like where you're going with. This. I'm quarterbacking whatever this is. I like where you're going because you are a child. Right. Trevor Lawrence is a 22 year old, leading men. I don't like it, but I love it. But I hate it. Everybody's not built for that. No. Just because you were great in college, and then you come to the big boys. Or the big men. Uh, and you find out quick. Uh, Your head coach is about to be the head coach of Oklahoma, too. So don't even get confused on that. Uh, he's he's bailing out after one year. If he does that, oh, my he, gosh. I think he, lear- he should have learned his lesson. Oh, if he does stay. that. Public enemy number one, even though there's not any Jaguar fans, but still. Join myself, join Robert, join Van this Sunday at 1 o'clock. I'm, whatever time we get there, you know how we are as the Washington football team will travel to Las Vegas to play the Raiders, and we will be watching it from Bourbon and Boots, and we'll be watching it with you. That's actually a good matchup, that one. Can I wear my Chargers jersey? Yes, obviously. Thank you. One of the most foolish questions ever asked me on this program. I'll only wear it if we win. If we beat Cincinnati, I'm coming in. Hot. I think the Raiders will win at home. I think they will win on, like, the final play of the game. Because the Washington football team is very good, and I think they should win. But if you're giving me like a like a 28-27 final, like a 31-30, I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me. To like, me, this game is the epitome of the NFL. Yeah. These two teams, the way their Parody. season has been going, yeah, right. You would think, oh, they're good. Oh, they're horrible. Oh, they're back good. Ah, they're all right. Inconsistent, right? And that's just Just, one game. (laughs) You could call it inconsistent. No continuity at all in these teams this year. Yeah, that's what makes it hard to pick this game for me. Being I'm a Chargers fan, I'm going with the Washington football team by field goal. I I do too. I'm I'm with you, Robert. I'm going with Washington. They won three in a row, the ground game. They've been controlling the ball a lot, the line of scrimmage. They had a couple drives last week. They were like 12 and 13, 11 and 12 minutes. Are you kidding? Right. I'm telling you that not just me, but like friends of the show can't name a defensive back for the Washington football team right now. (laughs) Not at all. No. No. And if Derek Carr just draw back and throw it, because Fred Smoot ain't there no more. You have a great point. That's what I'm saying. I'm sitting there racking my brain. I'm like, I'm not going to. can't t- be done. I'm not going to touch the computer. Let me see if I can prove him wrong. And you nope. can't. Nope. You're right. And, I, and like Deshaun Jackson or Hunter Renfro, the, you like the Javon Wims kid, but he don't play enough. Like, just go downfield. Derek t- Carr throw it to you. They're tight ends out, right? He got hurt versus yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, he's out. All world. Oh, man. Waller's not Waller's playing. out. Whatever whatever you're doing, like call Jackson for a touchdown. 
Like whoever, like if you're sitting at at a table and you're like, hey, yeah, Jacksonville's gonna score. His stats are always three catches, 115 yards with a touchdown, and four pass interferences against him. Two games left, and we got to grab a break. Sorry, Michael. I know we went long. Broncos at Chiefs. That's the big Sunday night game. It got flexed in, and it should have. Um, Chiefs at home, right? Yeah. No, I like Denver. On the road? Yeah, I like Denver. Big win against the Chargers last week. Yeah, they – thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Should have went to break before he started talking. (laughs) They went on the road and beat the Cowboys, so – Their defense is the truth. Yeah. No, Chiefs 30, Broncos 15. Doubled up. Don't even worry about it. And we'll cover, obviously, Monday Night Football, Patriots and Bills on Monday as we are. That's the game of the week there. That, That's the one, yeah. No, and I know Monday's for basketball here in town, but we'll definitely talk about it beforehand. Speaking of basketball, one of the standout players for your Lobos will be joining us, Jamal Mashburn Jr., and we're excited to have him on. This is Dave and Buster's presenting Two Men On, John Lo- live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program. We're having a lot of fun today. If you were tuned in for the last 45 minutes, I gave you every single NFL pick to what I would imagine to be 100% accuracy. So that's good. I have that skill. We'll see Monday, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And the thing about Monday is I'm not talking no football. I'm only talking liberal basketball on Monday. And I'm going to start that conversation right now. I'm going to start it with our friend of the show, Jamal Mashburn Jr. Jamal, welcome to the program. (laughs) Thank you all for having me. Thank you all for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's an exciting one. First time for us, so thank you for making the time. Uh, Well, you're a part of it now. You've seen the rivalry. You've seen the big game. You you literally shot Mm. the lights out down there in Las Cruces. (laughs) Yeah. How did it feel? Was it what you thought it would be? No, it was was exactly what I thought it would be. I mean, the crowd was in it. I knew their student section would be – would be saying some things, you know. So it was it was it was one of them like typical rivalry. It reminded me of high school. Um, you know, we we had a lot of those rivalry games um, in high school. You know, after you after a big day, you know, school, and then you go pack the pack the uh, pack the arena. So it was pretty cool, though. I, I'm glad to uh, have that happen. So Jamal, I'm going to be a typical uh, person in the media, and I got to bring up your father. Oh, I got to bring yeah. up your father. Uh, how old were you when you were? First, were able to beat him one on one. Good question. Okay, um, I was thirteen years old. Whoa! Uh, well, how 13. old was he? How old was he? He was so. If I was thirteen, he's now forty nine. His birthday was actually the 29th. Um, so it was recently. Um, he was probably, I want to say, early forties. You know. Okay. Just couldn't hang. Okay. Just, He's still pretty young, so I mean, I give myself credit at 13. <laughs> so, Coach Patino comes to you. You're, you guys are in Minnesota, and he says, uh, he says, hey, Jamal, hear me out. First of all, I'm going to explain to you what a Lobo is. And then after he gets that out of the way, he says, we're going to New Mexico. Like, like what has yeah. this adjustment been from, from New Hampshire? Like, this is a world of difference, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's funny you bring up New Hampshire. I mean, I've been moving around for really, since, you know, my sophomore year of high school, so – um, I've been getting to taste the different places and getting to feel for different um, areas. But, I mean, I've, I've, this adjustment to New Mexico has been great. I mean, I love the weather. Um, you know, the people are nice. They love basketball. So, they, they, they treat us all well. And, you know, uh, we go out there and play hard for them. And so, you know, it's amazing. I, I, I love it here in Albuquerque. Who, it's been for, an easy 
Who first explained to you what a sopapilla was? I don't even know what that is right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> what is that? Jamal, all right. So you're about to get the Albuquerque lesson right now. Oh, yeah. So sopapilla, okay, and Robert, correct me if I'm wrong. So it's like a pillow of pastry that's puffed out, and you just you hmm. fill it with honey. I call it an air biscuit. It's an air biscuit. <laughs> it's an air biscuit. Okay. But you, I got to try all right, so all right, here's what we need. We got to go to Sadie's number one, and then we just got to figure it out from there. Because yeah. that's the okay. thing about that that Southwest culture. Like it, like okay. when you came to town, they were like, "Throw your umbrellas away. It don't even matter down here." Like it's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So take uh, pretty take it in the city and take it in the classes and obviously the college experience, but a lot of time on the on the court. Um, how's this team, and who's your best friend on it? Um, I mean, we're all, you know, all 14 of those guys are my brothers, and I'll do anything for them. So we've created, we're still creating, um, you know, great bonds. But I've, I've created lifetime bonds with some of these dudes. Um, so I, it's, it's great to see, and it'll pay off on the court and off the court as well, you know, for guys that, you know, want to do other things with their lives. You know, I'm, you know, we all have each other's back. You know, we all look out for each other. So, you know, all of us, we, we, all, um, we all hang out. So, Jamal, let's get back to this Lobo versus Aggies rivalry. And you mentioned yeah. you knew that the crowd would be saying things to you, yelling, screaming. If Could you give me probably, I would say, what's the funniest thing you heard? Radio friendly. Radio friendly. <laughs> I was getting there. I was getting there, Fred. Okay. That okay. you heard. Um, I would say the funniest thing that I heard, honestly, their trash, I mean, their trash talk wasn't as nearly as good as I thought it would be. Um, you know, I thought I would be hearing a lot worse of things. You know, they were just more just making noise, but they would just continue to say my name. Or, you know, they would, um, you know, say F the Lobos, uh, you know. Yeah, you know, stuff no, like that. there was no creativity, but basically. No creativity, just basic stuff. So it wasn't nothing that it was uh, definitely nothing near to, like, lose my focus or anything. So, so You need me and Robert to write up some material for the student section here, just hand out. To everyone we I would can. love to hear. What, I would love to hear what y'all got. That's what I mean. <laughs> there we go. That's that's the play as far as I see the play. So uh, so oh, yeah. so getting the one on the road. That's the big one because and I know you know the history of it. I know you. I know you're like a student of the game. But the Aggies yeah. don't lose at home unless they play the Lobos. So like going into really? it before the lights go out, like like you had you knew right, like it was in your gut. Yes, absolutely. Oh, like you're saying that it was in my gut that we were going to win the game. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean we. We, we we knew. I mean, we as long as we were able to execute the game plan, and um, we know that they're still a, a very good team and a well coached team. So you know, they 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 beat some teams. So we have respect for them. But um, we were able to execute what we were able to work on. And um, you know, I think we can only beat ourselves. You know, what I'm saying if we get beat by a team, I mean, it's it's usually self inflicted. Maybe we didn't rebound, or maybe we could have done something else better. So I mean, we were able to do those things in that game. So you're talking about adjustments. You're talking – obviously, everyone talks halftime. Everyone talks, like, going into the game and the mindset. But we're, we're going to have, like, a full week here, and you got to make adjustments because yeah. they're making adjustments. Does the game change right. up a lot for the Lobos? Do you, are you looking to, to attack differently or offensively do some other things, or is it going to be more of the same against the Aggies on Monday night? Um, I mean, I'm looking for the same mentality and the same attack and approach because, um, you know, you, you don't want to let the other team be able to dictate what – our team and what our individual players want to do. Um, you know, we're, we're all we're all um, pretty talented players, and we all can we all work on our game, and we all can adjust as the game goes on. So they're going to make you know some type of adjustment. Obviously, playing them twice in a week. So, but 
we're just able to stay confident and just, um, you know, run our sets and execute our plays and just be confident. So with House being your backcourt mate, the game is tied or the Lobos are down by two. Who's taking the three? You know, that's a, that's a conversation that we've had and that, you know, it's just it's just whoever's, you know, whatever the situation might be, because sometimes he'll be the one, sometimes I'll be the two, sometimes he'll be the two, I'll be the one. So it's just, you know, we play off each other. You know, we, 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 we I love playing with that guy. He, he plays with uh, great energy and, you know, he, he's a hell of a player. So um, we feed off each other. How quickly was that connection having a similar upbringings and kind of having the same kind of like explanation and exposure to the game so young to where you are now? Was it was it just immediately a symbiotic relationship or or did you guys have to put in a lot of work to grow together? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty immediate. And I also we, we pretty much knew each other and followed each other since, um, you know, probably our AAU days. You know, he's a year uh, above me, but. You know, I, I've seen his videos, he's seen my videos, and, you know, we, we've known of each other, but uh, we really created that connection uh, pretty immediate. It was quick. It was it was easy. So um, that's how it's been with all these guys. Um, all these guys have been pretty easy. Um, the coaches have been easy. Every, everything's been smooth. So um, I'm glad, uh, glad it's been going that way for all of us. Now, Jamal, I don't know if you know, but I am the voice of New Mexico Highlands University. And what you did to my team earlier this year, Jamal, I'm going to need you to formally apologize to me. I'm going to need you to apologize to all my purple and white friends out there because Look, I, I, I still see it when I close my eyes. Like, I'm sorry, but there's, there's no friends and no, no, none of that on the court, so I can't apologize for that. I just, honestly, I had an out-of-body experience, I feel like. But, you know, I, I gave myself credit for that. But, um, no, that was an amazing play. But I just – that was – Man. So, uh, looking at the rest of the schedule for the rest of the season, what is your personal goal or the actual team goal uh, that you guys want to accomplish this year? You know, we want to. Um, we have uh, we have goals just to be um, just to get our rebounding better because we we I mean, the last out of I want to say probably four out of five games, I think that New Mexico State game was where it really showed growth in um, the rebounding department just because we, um, we're pretty small in the upfront, but, I mean, we're, 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 we're quick to a lot of other things. But um, I think our rebounding has really improved, and that's our, that's our main goal because um, I feel like our defensive numbers are so down right now just because we don't finish the possession. So once we fix that, then our defensive numbers goes up. So I would say our main goal is just to get our defensive numbers back up because that's what wins games, the defensive end. Last one for me, and it's from the texter, Jamal. Growing up, multi-sport athlete, or do you just have the focus on basketball? Oh, uh, that's interesting. I was actually – I didn't start playing basketball until I was 10. Um, my first two sports were football and lacrosse. Um, I was – I fell in love with football first, and then um, I got into lacrosse because of some of my friends. And just in Florida, it's a big it's – it's, it's really big up there. Um, that's really much all they play up there, uh, football and uh, lacrosse. So – I didn't, I, I didn't start getting to basketball until I was 10, so I'm a multi-sport athlete. So. There you go. Jamal Mashburn, yeah. everyone. Thank you for taking the time, my very good friend. Thank you for coming on the program, and best of luck this weekend. you going to be at the ladies' game tonight? I will be. Yes, I will. There I will be there. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, full-time basketball player, part-time heckler, Jamal Mashburn <laughs> Jr. joining us. He's one of the good ones. Thank you. That was, that was a real nice little – that was a nice little sit-in, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you get some of the, some of those athletes. They get, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah.
the the personality is uh, yeah ooh kind of dry, but not here, not here at all. Good dude. Let's grab a break when we get back. A little NBA roundtable. Dave Buster's presents Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. Van's not here. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Brock Lesnar returns to the squared circle tonight on Friday Night Smackdown if you're not going to watch the NBA. Why is that even a question? <laughs> what are we watching NBA for? <laughs> Brock Lesnar's got a score to settle with Roman Reigns. <laughs> I say it in jest, but I'm not. I'm no. Not joking. I'm I'm very serious, too. If you like the Golden State Warriors, you'll be watching them tonight. The Phoenix Suns have won uh, 45 games in a row. And that doesn't matter because once Brock, music, Brock Lesnar's music hits. <laughs> Flipping the channel. <laughs> I just bought uh, tickets to the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is in St. Louis the last week of January this year. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, you know, I'm from St. Louis. You know me. So, yeah. anyways, if, if Brock Lesnar is not there, I will burn the Enterprise Arena Center to the ground. He'll be there. That's the reason why he's returning tonight. Yeah, so he don't got to come back until – yeah, you're right. Exactly. They moved their December pay-per-view to January. It's called Day One. Is that a new one? It's a new one. Yeah. They used to do table ladders and chairs. Yeah, yeah, TLC. There you go. You know what I really like about like Brock Lesnar? Just, we weren't going to talk WWE. That wasn't like our plan by any means. Brock Lesnar will just show up at stuff. Like like he don't even act like he's a celebrity. Yeah. But he's like the biggest celebrity. And you and like right now, friend of the show is like, why are they talking about wrestling? He's not. You, you know exactly who Brock Lesnar. You Lesnar's. know who he is. I don't even have to tell you. Transcends wrestling. Even though I hate that term when they say transcends, but that's really him. Yeah, that's him. So he this past weekend was at. Like a Division Two Tennessee state championship game for like some football teams. And you're like, Oh, I bet they went crazy. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I bet they went crazy. A uh, special guest in attendance tonight, Mayor Robert Gibson, <laughs> the owner of two Pizza Nines. <laughs> Wasn't he in the UFC, though? He, his yeah. career? Yeah, for, yeah, for five minutes. Kind of put Heavyweight on, champ. Put no, he the was map, the one. Didn't he? So he's the, much. he's the only guy in the history of the game. National Championship of Wrestling, Collegiate yeah. Wrestling, UFC World Heavyweight Championship, WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Like, what? Yeah. What? Kurt Angle's got a similar story, but it involves gold medals and a broken freaking neck. <laughs> NBA talk. Uh, there was the absolute worst whooping in the history oh. of all whoopings, and now I cannot wait to be a stepdad someday so I can say this phrase, I'm about to whoop you as bad <laughs> as the Grizzlies whoop the Thunder. 73. You know the biggest lead was 78. That's and then they put the subs in? Crazy. <laughs> well, speaking of the subs, the Grizzlies bench outscored the entire Thunder team 93-79. to 79. The bench, come on, man. They had four dudes flirting with 20 points. They had four dudes within a basket of 20. They had one dude over 20. What do you say as the player uh, from OKC who's trying to impress a girl? You you brought her to the game. Yeah, I'm an NBA player. Come check the game out. Right. Put her down. Like you just swiped right on her like yeah. at the airport. She's right there courtside, and that's the first game that she sees. She probably left in the third quarter. 
She was like, I think I recognized you down there, but that's it's not the way you said it would be. <laughs> that is horrible. My thing with the Grizzlies, too, is like they all scored. Desmond Bain scored. I and have by the, no clue who no. that is. <laughs> now, he and the association, you got to be able to play. Yeah, yeah, but I bet you there was a bunch of guys who sit on the bench and they have their warm-ups on. They don't have the actual uniform on. They have, no, club, no, they have no. club clothes under. Yeah. And they're like, what? I'm going in? Hold on, coach. They're like, whoa, y'all got to chill out. We're up 78. Yeah. <laughs> like looking down like, all right, who's, who's, who's got their laces done? Oh, coach, me. I'll go in. The announcers were probably thrown off. Who is that guy? I don't even know he was yeah. on the team. Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., he like he, he put the towel on like at the start of the fourth quarter. He's like, all right, all right, boys. <laughs> I got 27, go. It was, I mean, this is embarrassing stuff. 152 to 79, literally the worst loss in the history of the association. Check this out. Big numbers person, plus minus. The Thunder's rookie, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Who? Exactly. Was minus 56 in 23 minutes. How? Oh, you got to protect the basket, son. How? That is horrible. 24 minutes, two points. I don't think if I played the OKC Thunder, they would beat me by 78 points. <laughs> I'd hold the ball. Like We get to a point. Yeah, I'm, hey, yeah. I'm the same way. Can't be scoring here. 19 of 36 from the three. That's over a 50% clip. Oh my goodness! I don't like. I'm not a numbers guy, but when you get numbers this big, you got to talk about the numbers. Yes, that's that's what it's all about. And the the thing is, it's not like Memphis is a powerhouse team. Oh gosh, no! They just lost by 35 to the Thunder, who they just beat by 74 last week. Man, there's there had to be some side some sort of club event going on. They're like, let's get out of here. Yeah, that's what it was. It had to be. They're, they're like, listen, that. You know that Justin Timberlake tribute band we really like? Because we in Memphis. <laughs> they playing. Oh, what's, what's that band you used to roll with? Justin Timberlake and the Night Rangers or whatever? They were like, let's go get them. Let's go see that. They had 41 dimes. Like, oh that's the extra God. pass. Oh, that's when you're trying to get everybody uh-huh. in the scoring, scoring box. Bane's open. <laughs> what? You have never scored in your career? Let's get you 10. Yeah. No, evidently, let's get you twenty. Come on over, fam. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna put it okay. like, and don't like, because it's 2021. Okay, I'm not gonna call it the mercy rule. You wanna call it the thunder rule? Oh, that's low. Up by 50 running clock. That's about as low as the point total that they score. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, though. <laughs> Santi Aldama plus 52. <laughs> you either had your career worst or your career best game. All right, I'm going to put it out there for you. You you on the broadcast, right? Okay. okay. You on the Thunders broadcast. Oh, my goodness. Today's OKC player of the game. <laughs> I just named the mascot, man. <laughs> just... Every fan, you are the players of the game for sticking around for this. Yeah. That's what you have to say. 
can you imagine the press conference after this? All of the deep sighing and and what he yeah, there's a lid on the basket tonight. But you're a pro <laughs> basketball player, and you can't you lose that bad. I mean, that, that's that's you know what it is good for though, Michael. Well, you here's what you left out because what this does is it inspires others. So it's like it's not so bad to be like an Orlando Magic fan anymore. Yeah, it's true. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, this is a couple of years removed from being Malice in the Palace too. Think about some of the players that would not take this sitting down lightly. They coming out, sh- clotheslining people. Well, can, just, you, can you do this for me? Like referring to this instead of calling them players, can you call them history makers? Well, there you go. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Hey, because kids today are soft. Like, and I don't mean soft like, and eh, they soft. I mean, like, they get it. There's yeah. no reason. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to put haymakers on anyone here. Because <sighs> why? I'm, I'm going to take the L no matter what. Did you see the very end of the game? No. So, it was so bad. They, I think they took a shot clock violation where they just sat the ball. They just sat there. Memphis. Were, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Man. But me, I was like, hey, I think we can get 155. <laughs> Jack it up. <laughs> what do you do if you're like a Memphis fan, too, at the end of the game, right? You're like, defense. <laughs> <laughs> What do you, come on now. Start throwing stuff out on the court. Oh, God. Oh, I mean, that's you the just worst. like, well, let's, let's end like throwing a towel in in the ring. Let's oh. end this. That's what, are, You know when you're really disinterested? You're at like a baseball game and you're really disinterested. Are you like, you at like a WWE match and it's like the women's match? And then oh. like, the crowd starts oh. doing the wave and stuff? Yeah. That's what you got to do with this. Yeah. But it's in support. Would you leave if you're, if you're a Memphis Grizzly fan? And you're up uh, so much. Been, would yeah. you leave? No. I would have. Uh-uh. Well, I don't know, man. I think I would have left. No, you you probably want to sit around and see how much they can score. Hey, there's, there's 18,000 <laughs> 18, seats down there at Memphis Arena or whatever it's called. But that night, like if you ask Mem- Mem- Memphisians, what are Memphis people called? Memphians. I have no idea. Yeah. There, hey, there was 34,000 seats yeah. that night. Like everyone was there. Dave Buster's presents two men on. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. All right, this one's going to drag through, too, because we only got, like, no minutes before the break. <laughs> one preview, and then we'll jump up. So let's start with the one you care least about, Robert. Pac-12 championship. Yeah. Oregon Ducks taking on Utah, and this is to pick the team that doesn't matter in the playoff. Didn't they already play? Yeah, they all already played. Yeah. Well, I'm just like, not last week. Oh. Seems like it. <laughs> I got. I guess I got Utah, right? Yeah, I'm picking yeah. Utah. The money line says you should go with Utah. The spread says you should go with Utah. The over-under, 57.5. These teams score high. Congratulations to Utah on becoming the Pac-12 championship. That's going to mean nothing come bowl season. <laughs> Here's your trophy. Go home. And the problem with Pac-12, because you know I'm a Pac-12 guy. I went to Washington State. I got the whole. He- I got the whole history. Beavers. Well, I mean, we, I mean, we're the Cougars, but. Oh wait, I said Beavers. I, that's that's Oregon, that's Oregon State. State. Yeah, figure it out. Oh wow. Figure it out. Hey, he got my team wrong, so I can do that. That was no, a payback. I did not get it wrong. That was a payback. I know exactly what I'm doing all the time. Completely and perfectly calibrated in all ways. 
But this Pac-12 game just does not matter. It does not matter in such a way that after it's over, it's not even going to be considered for Selection Sunday. The crazy thing is it might be the most exciting game. Yeah, because they can play against each other. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I'm just saying just the, their style of play. Or at least the uniforms would be nice. They played November the 20th, Utah and Oregon, and Utah took the L. Hmm. I just, I, you still going with Utah? It's so hard to beat a team twice. Yeah. Here's what I think. Oregon win, okay? No, no, no. I said it backwards. Utah win, and then let them play in a bowl game, and then we'll get the we'll get the rubber match, <laughs> and then we'll be able to decide who the who the real Intercontinental Champion is. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like you don't love that plan as much as I do. It's a very yeah, good plan. No, I just let it sit and marinate. Number nine, Baylor versus number five. Oklahoma State for the Big 12 championship. Uh, this one is a little more intriguing because Oklahoma State needs this worse than anyone ever. Yes. Uh, but there are pundits out there that say Baylor in the mix. Yeah, If you were putting money on it, what would you do, Rob? Um, I would go with Baylor. I didn't like what I saw from uh, OSU against Oklahoma. It's going to be real low scoring. You think so? I do. Hmm. The over-under is 46-and-a-half, and I say take the under. Under? Yeah, I just – because with Oklahoma State favored by five-and-a-half, it's, to me, a tough one because when you're ranked higher, you should, in my opinion, have more have more of a spread there. Um, Yeah, I'm going to take Oklahoma State, I think, but I wouldn't feel confident enough in that pick to be like, hey, I think I'm going to put the dollars on it. Right. The games get kind of big and important after this one. Oh, yeah. Two biggest ones. You want to do SEC or ACC? Let's do no, ACC. ACC. First. Houston goes to Cincinnati, and the over-under is 52.5, and I'm telling you that Cincinnati is going to score 53, and Houston is going to score zero. Yeah, because this is basically a home game for them. Yeah. It's. I want to see Cincinnati blow them out, like you said. They beat Notre Dame by double digits. Hey, 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 easy. Yes, I'm a Notre Dame fan. Why? Because I was manipulated as a kid with the Rocket Ishmael, okay? <laughs> that name was just awesome to me. And it seemed like every time he touched the ball, he scored a 90-yard touchdown. And I got older and found out that was not the truth. They whooped him. <clears throat> they whooped SMU, too, by like 30 points. Cincinnati's the truth. When we get back, we're going to put a real breakdown into what is the SEC championship game, and that's the one you don't miss live 4 p.m. tomorrow. Dave Busters presents Two Men on the Big Game, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. If you're the type of friend of the show that gets off the work at 6 p.m., welcome to us. It's Friday, so Robert Gibson is here. Robert, how are you? I am great. We've been I am great, man. This has been a good show. Yeah, Bob Nightingale did great. If you missed him earlier, we talked about the MLB lockout. Bob Nightingale, of course, from USA Today. You can go back and recapture that on the podcast that is available wherever you stream your podcast, Or visit the website, talkabq.com, and all the links will be there. Also, Jamal Mashburn Jr. came on. And he killed it. That was a great interview. 
He was like, what's a sopapilla? And I'm like, that's the correct answer. <laughs> he didn't know he got it right just oh. by saying that. Because he's athletic as athletic. He don't even know sopapilla. That's the one to me. Like when I travel home, like because mm. I'm not from here. Right. So when I travel home, I'm like, I'm like, hey, guys, there's like we got – we got weird food down there. Mm-hmm. And they're they're like, what do you mean? And I'll be like, well, all the food in New Mexico has three ingredients. Right. And it's just how you build it. Yeah. And my family's like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, protein, cheese, and bean. That's it. Those are the only ingredients, anything. And then they put lettuce on the side, and they call that a vegetable. <laughs> Jamal, Jamal Masterman Jr. is like, they still send me seafood from Maryland. I don't know. I don't... He killed it. No, oh, that was great. All right, we we blazed through the Big 12, the Pac-12, and what else we do, ACC? We did the American Championship, yeah. Yeah. But let's put a little life where it deserves to be, and that's in this big matchup, the SEC. Man. What's your heart telling you? Because Georgia undefeated. My heart is telling me Georgia's going to lose just because I've seen them do this so many times in my lifetime. So I wasn't around when it was like Herschel Walker and all them. No. Um, Matt but Stafford. They, they, they've always had great teams but never got over the hump, usually because of Alabama or Florida. Crimson Tide currently sitting at 11-1. and one. Ooh. Question is: Is Alabama going to be able to, with a if they lose this game to Georgia, be able to be in the college football playoff? With Alabama two losses. If, well, if Cincinnati lose, if they lose and it's like an overtime situation, they're going to put Alabama in there because no one's come close if, if they, to playing if Georgia. They, if the, you're right, Robert, if they lose a close game to Georgia, they're in. Yep. That Georgia defense. Oh man. You guys are so soft when it comes out. That's what it is. They, we've been conditioned. They have two. We've been Alabamanized. If they have two losses, that means they're losers. <laughs> I'm with you, but that's usually not how it goes with Alabama. And if right now you're listening to the program and you're a friend of the show and you're like, I love Alabama. And you're like, but Fred, mm-hmm. they only lost by a field goal to Texas A&M. But that's what's going to happen, I'm telling you. Texas A&M was ranked 24th. I don't, guys, I'm telling you right now, two losses is two losses. I wish it could be seen that way, Fred. Who's going to miss out? Huh. No one. No so one. You think, you think all of the favorites are going to win? Yes. Yeah. And, hey, forget it. If Oregon win, put them up there. Hmm. Because I, I can't put a two-loss anyone in over a one-loss anyone. Think about – we haven't even talked about the Big Ten. What if Michigan fumbles the bag? Then they got two losses. Then they done. And then that opens the door for Alabama, I think, even if they did lose. So they would take a two-loss Alabama over a one-loss Notre Dame. Look at the past no, here; they've been they they, they've been pulling for the pro AC pro SEC here. Yeah, they, it, you know you know that they're, they're going to do that. They're going to bring the most people to. Here's why you yeah. two are awful. If you put in a two-loss Alabama over a one-loss Houston, over a one-loss San Diego State, over a one-loss Louisiana, like I'm done. Okay, if you combine all those teams, yes. 
they're not better than a four loss Alabama team. <laughs> Going into this thing will be Georgia. We'll be Michigan. We'll be Cincinnati. We'll be Oklahoma State. Hmm. And we'll be Notre Dame. Then you get a real confusion conversation. Wait, did I name five or six? You named five. I named five. Notre Dame's out if they'll right, win. So never mind. Right. So the conversation does come down to Notre Dame and Alabama. Georgia. Yeah. If they win, they're going to win it all. Until they come across the buzzsaw that is Cincinnati and then the entire college football world lands flat on their head. Georgia's a lock regardless. Yeah, regardless. They're they're in there. Michigan. Who we? Because Michigan, no offense to the Big Ten, <laughs> but Iowa, what's Iowa, 13? Yep. So if Iowa goes over, Michigan out. Right. Out, out. They're out. Yeah, they're done. They're done. Then there's no conversation. Right. So Michigan has to win. Yep. And there's no reason to talk about Wake Forest Pittsburgh. The ACC's fine, whatever. If you went to Wake Forest, I don't know your mascot. <laughs> I say it's, it's the old white guy with the top hat. I don't know. <laughs> Vital, what's the Wake Forest mascot? I'm not joking. Demon, Demon Deacon. Deacon. Demon Deacon. How do you yeah. two know that? Just because I I love watching them play basketball back in the day. ACC basketball. Cool. <laughs> exactly. Um, but here's my problem, though, Fred. How many times have we gone into this weekend and these games just are completely different than what we thought was going to happen, and it throws all type of scenarios and monkey wrenches into the The way that it should. Right. Yeah. And that's what I love about this. It looks on paper, all right, the first four are going to win. It's a cakewalk to go in. Something's going to happen. you just saying because the Bulldogs ain't really been tested all season long and it's kind of like a situation where it's like, okay, here comes Alabama and they're about to get tested? Something's going to happen. Like we think Alabama – or excuse me, Georgia's that good, but we don't really know because Georgia they, – they, I mean, they play teams. But they, they haven't played, played Alabama. Okay, there you go. And Bryce Young. So if Alabama wins, do Georgia and Alabama both get in, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they both get yep, in. Mm-hmm. They both will get in. Oh, poor Cincinnati. Will, will, will Oklahoma State get in? That's the one that's that I, I'm thinking that could be a if, snare. If Oklahoma State wins and Cincinnati wins, if Alabama wins, Cincinnati, see you later. Yeah. They're not going to let At them in. At 13-0. They're not letting no, them in. they're not going to get in. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Hang it up. So, when, like, at what age were you when you just gave up on democracy? <laughs> Well, there ever been a college you, football wait. democracy? <laughs> what radicalized you? Oh man, you want you don't want me to say on air. <laughs> Paul Revere riding his horse through the streets. The, <laughs> the Bearcats are coming. The bear. I'm telling you. No, they're not accidentally third. He you would, tell he, me they're. Gonna, he would be like, "What is a Bearcat?" He wouldn't. No, Cincinnati's. You, if that scenario happens, they're done. So I mean, I just. 13-0 Cincinnati, zero undefeated teams with Alabama winning. And you're going to tell me that they fall from third to fifth at best? Yep. No. If, if, if Alabama the, jumps them. If that scenario happens, what are your top four teams? Cincinnati, okay. number one. Uh-huh. 
Alabama number two. Okay. Georgia number three. All right. And Michigan better beat Iowa. Yeah. Like it's no. got it's got to be that. No. Because I think you're not taking into consideration who they played. I don't care who they play. If Alabama wins, they're going to put Alabama number one. Then Georgia will be number two because they lost to Alabama. And I'll, then three will be Michigan. And then four will be Oklahoma State. If Alabama and, loses, what the worst could they do? Four? If it's a close game. Yeah. Like if it's an OT game, last second. Because nobody's come close to competing with Georgia. I'm going to name some teams for you. Let's hear it. Miami. <laughs> of Ohio. Murray State. Indiana. They did put it on Notre Dame. They did. <laughs> Temple. UCF. Navy by seven. <coughs> Tulane. Tulsa by eight. South Florida. <laughs> SMU. Oh, man. East Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So as the argument you're making is yeah. those teams aren't world beaters. No. North Dakota State could kill all those teams. They still Division Two. It's not called, <laughs> yes. the, Oh, we got to take a break, Michael. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know how I get when I'm lambasking the popular team. Let's let's have chaos. I would love to see yes. chaos. I'm with you, Mike. Crosstalk is off as Josh Shushan is on assignment from the Lady Lobos tonight. Rob Portnoy taking over, and you know he from the men's broadcast. And what that means is he has to quickly learn everything about the women's team so he doesn't have time for our tomfoolery. So we got an open segment where we get back. Phone lines are open. Otherwise, you know your boys are just going to talk WWE. Dave & Buster's presents Two Men On live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family, and we are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana, but more importantly, to be with you great fans. And to be <laughs> Brian Chip Kelly is dumb. Oh. That sounded so forced. <laughs> he and you are a couple guys that spend a lot of our time on microphones. Don't fake it. Oh, no. You know what I hear most of my life? You got a good radio voice. Well, it's just my actual voice. Yeah. It's yeah. nothing that I'm putting on it. <laughs> like, Let me season my throat and get it right. No. So, Brian Chip Kelly. Why did you have to do that? Yeah, why did he have to do that? I mean, why? I mean, that's to fake it. <laughs> they don't even talk that way down there. That's the problem that I have. And they already had Ed Orgeron. Yes. <laughs> Gets no Southern than that. He's the one. Family. <laughs> that's Texas, man. You're in Louisiana. They should have just gave him a menu to like a great restaurant down there and yeah. read it off. That will let me know what's going on. What they should have done is gave him a copy of The Waterboy on DVD. <laughs> They'd be like, here, 
Study up. Well, after he takes these L's to start it off, they'll find out what he really sounds like. He'll sound like this. <laughs> lull, 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 lull. <laughs> what are they, six and six? Garbage is what they are. You're generous. So, Brian Chip Kelly, he gone. And Notre Dame is going to name – all right, help me out with this cap. Marcus Freeman is right. the next head coach. Freeman, who younger than me – he looks like a player, to be honest. Uh, he in good shape. I mean, yeah, yeah, he looked the part. But I guess this is a, we already got you cheap. What else? Well, this is also, we're giving you the keys, but if you mess it up and we get rid of you, it wouldn't be an issue. No. Notre Dame announcement says a player's coach. What does that even mean? <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be that guy, but like, you know what I like in my coach? A coach. When they say players coach, in my head, I'm like, that's the guy that could go out with the players and pick up chicks. Yeah. That's what I think. Oh, oh, <laughs> we, t- we talking Urban Meyer? That who we talking about? <laughs> exactly. That the players coach? Players coach. I always talk about Larry Bird with that. Where like Larry struggled to teach the game because Larry was so good at the game. Yeah. He couldn't talk to you if you weren't as good at the game as him. He would be disgusted. Yeah. You're horrible. Right. There's no teaching. No. Just tell you how sorry you are. Give it here. Let me show you. <laughs> also, like, how are you not a player's coach if after the last coach you had made everyone roll out of bed for a 7 a meeting where he talked for four minutes and he was like, I love you all. It was like Trump talking to protesters on January the 6th. He's like, this is not your fault. I'm like, what is – what are you doing, oh. Brian Chip Kelly? He's a loser. They have to play each other real soon. Oh, tomorrow? Yes. Yeah. I don't want it to be where his last recruiting class is gone. They need to play him. Inexplicably, two non-Big Ten or Pac-12 teams will be participating in the Rose Bowl this year. Notre Dame takes on LSU. <laughs> Make it happen. Do you want to sell tickets? Because that's how you sell tickets. See, that's what I was trying to tell you about Alabama. That's what it's all about. It's all about that. Yeah. So this Freeman cat's in, and you guys know – I think Notre Dame is almost as sus as I think Penn State is. Penn State, to me, the grossest place on earth. So bland. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't even watch a Penn State football no. game. In Happy Valley? Yeah. That's where that's where crimes go to happen. Happy Valley? Uh, you, you know how, like, certain individuals of a certain state of mind live in compounds with certain individuals of certain states of mind? That's what Happy Valley is. Right. It's a cult. And the Nittany Lions are like, hey, uh, Coach Franklin, um, we're just going to give you 10-year contracts because we know if you leave, no one's going to come here to do this laundry. Exactly. Because we is dirty. You got a great point. And with me, I am a Notre Dame fan, but it's crazy how I'm a fan of this team because they are just a notch below Penn State and boredom, and you know they can't hang with – better or great teams also i don't know if you're familiar with their affiliation the archdiocese not doing great right now yes they got some lawsuits on the plate some (laughs) st pius was up for sale five minutes ago (laughs) they're like we're gonna move it just so crazy to me michigan state follows suit because up in michigan state you can just you can break any law 
in Michigan State, you can work with the Olympics and you get for for fifteen years. So Michigan State's like, hey, Mel Tucker, ten years, yeah, ninety five million. That's how you have to do it now if you're a college. And he just started coaching like two hours ago. I think you're correct. Yeah, I think he was a grad student. Like he he's taking midterms right now. Man, that's where I'm at on all of these. Yeah, where it's not the play on the field. It's not name, image, likeness. It's these schools are disgusting. Mm-hmm. Every school I just named, Notre Dame, not for real, caught up in anything, but I'm just like kind of, I'm kind of lumping them in there. But Penn State and Michigan State? Well, you don't know. Maybe Brian Kelly left for a reason. I'm telling you, he did. It, it might be something there. There's smoke. He, he left abruptly. Did hey. you see his whole coaching staff is going to stay? What does that tell you? Well, they want the his smoke. His whole coaching staff is going to stay, and the, the guy that they just hired is yeah. a really up-and-coming, you know, young young hotshot. So. Well, and I was telling uh, uh, Fred on the break, he came from Cincinnati to Notre Dame with Coach Kelly. Coach Kelly was like, hey, I got this going on in LSU. Bounce with me. <laughs> no. 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 That does say a lot. I'm trying to be the HC here. And Kelly, and like Brian Chip Kelly's like, but you know the weird stuff that goes on. He's like, but no one else do. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, my whole career been weird. My whole life, I'm 35. Right. I can say I'm young and dumb. Well, 35 years old, your first head coaching job is Notre Dame football. Good work. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Good paycheck if you can cash it. My goodness. This was at or near the best program ever put on by the two of us. Phone lines were a little quiet, but I'll tell you why. Lady Lobos are playing tonight. Knowing That's true. Yeah, get the dial in. Big rivalry game. A lot of fun sports this weekend. Good luck to Brock Lesnar tonight returning. Robert, any final words before we go today? Oh, I'm just trying to hurry up and get home to see Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's what it, I mean. We, you know yeah. it's going to start it off. <laughs> I mean, sir, it's 30 minutes ago. I just got to hit play on the DVR. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Same yeah. here. So, Same here. Set. That's, I'm glad my phone's dead so I can't see anything. Good job, everyone. GG.